Good morning. Alrighty. When I pray. So I brought my stick to gong the gong today. And the gong. But you know what? This is like we have all of humanity here. And I take it with me every Sunday. I used to be able to leave it out here. But people take stuff. It's a remarkable thing, the world we live in. So we welcome all of you. Everyone is welcome, even the ones that don't take stuff that doesn't belong to them. But we love them all. We just don't approve of, approve of the behavior. Anyway, welcome. I'm, I'm uh, Reverend Patrick Cameron. I'm the senior minister here. I, and if you haven't been here before, I don't typically admonish people for taking stuff that doesn't belong to them every week. <laughs> Once a year. So we're done with that now. <clears throat> so what I'd like to invite you to do is just settle into the truth of your being. And I will sound our chime, which will be the doorway to 30 seconds of silence. And then I will offer a, a song and an affirmative prayer. Let's begin. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. And so what I know and affirm and know on behalf of each person here, is there is a unified field of love, beauty, possibility, creativity, joy, always seeking a greater expression, always seeking greater good. And as I turn towards it and recognize it, as I turn towards it and open my being, my heart, my energetic field to it, that life and I are one. This is the perennial truth. This is the ancient understanding beyond religion, beyond concept, beyond philosophy. It is simply true. Our divine nature is one of health, vibrancy, creativity, goodness, abundance, blessing, inspiration. And so what I know in this moment as I speak these words, those words have an energetic feeling because I allow them that energy. I give them energy. I am not the creator. I am the portal of creativity and opportunity. And I stand in wisdom and in co-creation to be of service to that which is mine to be of service to. But first and foremost, it is my way of being and thinking and doing. 
And so we know we come together today, and as we create this energetic field together, something powerful beyond anything we can measure or comprehend in our simple thinking nature is unfolding in and through and as each and every one of us. This moment is a moment of revelation. This moment is a moment of healing. This moment is a moment of opportunity, of love, of joy. In a world that has forget, forgotten this many times or falls asleep in the material world, what I know is this is an opportunity to stand up, to step up, and to stand for something brilliant and beautiful. This is our opportunity. So I give thanks knowing that each one of us is guided, each one of us is, is given the, the next good step on our journey, all of us unique and powerful and ordained with this beautiful, sacred anointing of possibility and opportunity. So let us celebrate our healing. Let us celebrate our revealing. Let us celebrate our lives. For this I give thanks and invite you to say with me. And so it is. <clears throat> so uh, I want to share with you a, a short video at the beginning of this that I think it represents so beautifully this unified field that we, we live in. We're, we're talking to this, uh, this month about inclusivity. And I think it's never been more timely to have this discussion as we look out in the world. And I want to talk a little bit about the world that we're immersed in right now and how we perhaps can look at that in a different way. So I'm not here to tell you what to think, but I'm offering an opportunity to perhaps think in a different way and be in a different way. And so this is a, a video of uh, some metronomes. It's about four minutes. It's, uh, and you'll, you'll notice that all the metronomes are, are <clears throat> triggered randomly at the beginning. And you'll notice something miraculous happens over time. So here we go with the metronomes. How does that happen? Isn't that fascinating? I think it's fascinating. Anybody else think it's fascinating besides me? How does that happen? Well, scientifically, what we know is that the universe, we live in a universe of order. And there's a rhythm. And here's these mechanical little devices that slowly all move into rhythm together. And the reason I let it play is it's actually a meditation. How many of you actually stayed with the metronome or did you just simply wander off to what you're going to have for lunch once you get out of here? But it's a meditation, and it's okay either way. All it is is, you know, part of what our spiritual practice has to be, I think, to be effective is just simply observation. And if you find your mind wandering at times, it's no reason to punish yourself. It's just your mind wandered. I've, you know, I have... I probably spend more time with my mind wandering than I do, you know, focused on things. But... Over time, being able to bring myself into alignment. So it's an example of coherence. Mechanical devices that find the rhythm. There's a rhythm. And so when we slow down, when we do spiritual practice, if we're doing it effectively, if we do a meditation, if we're doing movement, if we're doing... And music is a, one of the great things. The reason we have music here is because it helps create coherence. There's a rhythm. There's a beat to it. We have drummers and guitar players and bass players and they all if they're all in coherence it helps us step into coherence because we're all one we are a philosophy of oneness despite what it looks like in the world 
So what I want to talk to you about today is that we are leading, we, this idea of leading edge creators versus survivors. And I want to give you a few um, examples of this. And I know I'm talking to a lot of leading edge creators here today, but we can always fine tune. But it's an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing journey. And what happens for us, so when the metronomes are all going randomly in different rhythms, it, it's a different energy. It could re represent an incoherent energy or a lower energy. And so the, how that applies to our physiology is this idea that, that being a, a leading-edge creator or a world-class survivor, one or the other, and you look out in the world, you see a lot of people acting out in, in very, very horrific ways, especially right now. It's a time of great turmoil. And I want to speak to that a bit today because I think it's important to address what's happening in the world and how can we, can, as, how is we as either leading-edge creators can be part of the solution rather than add to the problem. How can we not get, how can we have our feelings but not get captured by our feelings? That's the challenge. How can we look at it and go, my God, this is horrible. And, and then how can we have our, our, our moment of that and processing of that without spinning into the whole world is horrible and everyone's horrible? Because the, the reality is at the end of the day, it's all divine, it is all God. And we fall asleep in this realm. We fall asleep in this material realm. And, and the more we fall asleep, the more incoherent we are. So we never line up because we're always, out of, we're, out of, we're always out of sync with the natural rhythm of the unified field. So as if we're, when we're out of sync, our energy lowers and it creates imbalance. We lower our frequency by living in survival. So when you and I find ourselves in survival mode, which we can do at times, we can readjust and recalibrate. But what it does for us is it lowers our, our vibration, our frequency. And the long-term effects of stress creates an incoherent signature in our brainwave patterns. So stress will do that. It takes us out of the rhythm and it puts us into stress. That incoherent signature in the brain begins to send a signal down your nervous, central nervous system, you may have noticed, which sends an arrhythmic message to our cardio system, to our hearts, to our digestive system, to our immune system, and the body continues to lower its frequency. I mean, this is all measurable. I'm not making this stuff up. This is science. We live in such a great time when we can understand this. So it's not just we meditate because we want to meditate or be good meditators, but meditation helps us find coherence. Movement helps us find coherence. Music helps us find coherence. Yoga, Kijan, all of the, the various energetic uh, uh, pranic healing helps us find that, that coherence. So what happens is when we're in survival emotions, we, we go into anger, aggression, Lust, competition, fear, anxiety, guilt, shame, hopelessness, to just name a few. These emotions begin to lower the frequency of the body, and every time we turn to those ideas, those feeling tones, and those ways of being, we are consuming more and more energy. So this energetic field that, that is around us, that we're immersed in, that is this unified field of love, beauty, joy, all we're doing with it is consuming energy to maintain and survive rather than create. And, it's, and, and this is good to know. This is just great stuff because the more information we have, the better able we are to shift and change that. So if this has been your pattern your whole life, good for you. You got that mastered. Throw up your hands and say, hallelujah, I'm done with that one. I got that done. So the short-term effect, the body can recalibrate the effect, but the long-term effect of living in this reality is you become enslaved to the material reality. The other state is creation. In creation, you have to abandon your body. Isn't that interesting? You have to just, it's, it's, consciousness is why we're here. 
the evolution, the leading edge of consciousness. We have to abandon this, not abandon the body as if it's not important, but an, an abandon the attachment to the body, that that's all we are. We have to forget about people and things in our environment, not because we don't care, but be, because we care so much that we want to stand in the consciousness to say, you know what, if you're going to drive your vehicle into a crowd of people, I don't agree with that. That is horrific. That is horrible. And the reason that I'm diving into this shadow work so much right now, why I'm so on fire with it, is I watch the things that are playing out in the world. And if we don't do our shadow work, if we don't do our deeper work, and, and, and when we, so what happens with shadow work? You get triggered. That's wonderful. The triggers are wonderful. The triggers are our treasure. That's my new mantra. Because then what I get to say is, look what's triggering me here. Where does that come from? Why do I believe there's not enough? Why do, why do I believe that, that, that I've got to punish someone? Where it's alive in me that is generating that, that then takes me out of this, this rhythmic resonance of coherence into incoherence of anger and frustration and rage. So then I want to get in my car and find a group of people and, and drive my car into them. This is how shadow plays itself out. Isn't it interesting that we have someone now in a position of tremendous power and authority? And I think it's, a lot of it has to do with people's unresolved issues with shadow because in the West we don't teach it. We would rather, let's just affirm goodness, goodness and light. Carl Jung, one of my heroes, one of my new heroes, I love his work and I've been immersed in it, said the problem with Christianity, and basically the West is Christian. And he wasn't criticizing Christianity. He said, but Christianity does not provide a vehicle to do shadow work. It doesn't. It's all about light. It's all about lightness. And we can fall into that trap too. It's not about that light isn't there. In fact, what I'm saying is the more that we can integrate the shadow, the world is blessed because then we have rituals, then we have behaviors in our lives that drain the energy and put it into something productive and purposeful instead of letting it build and build and build and then it shows up out of rage. But this is what happens. So now we have someone in a position of power who is modeling because shadow is inclusivity. And one of the messages that you hear from this particular individual is that there's only winners. There's winners and there's losers. That is not inclusivity. That is not integration. That is, I'm a winner, I'm standing over here with winners, and anybody who doesn't stand with me, in fact, everybody else is a loser because I'm the winner. So he's modeling perfectly. So could it be, just throwing out the idea of working on this, putting it together, could it be that there's a collective unresolved shadow that's, that's permeating the Western culture? And it is so strong right now that we have to put somebody in a position of authority to model it for us. And I'll tell you right now, that's not my idea of leadership. That's not my idea of, of spiritual possibility and opportunity. I don't want to live in survival mode. I've done it. I've sat, you know, my meditations used to be counting the money in my checking account and counting the amount of bills and how I'm going to pay off the bills because there's, there's going to be more days in my month than there is money in my checking account. And so the anxiety and the fear, frustration, there's <sighs> no way to live, but I had to live there for a while. And now when I start to go there, I catch myself. I catch myself and I have practices that allow me not to spin into that because I refuse to live in that anymore. I gotta tell you something, there's a love story going on here. There is. And when we do this work, when we do our deeper work, there becomes a love that is so rich and wonderful. And it isn't about ego and it isn't about personality. It's about recognition, it's about resonance, it's about coherence then you can stand in it. Because if you haven't done your shadow work and someone projects upon you their shadow, it's a war. 
Carl Jung said the reason that we have so much war with the, with the Western culture and with Christianity is because of that un- unresolved shadow. Look at the U.S. and the military. They're always finding another fight. Always finding it. Not right or wrong once again, but just an observation of energy. Because if we are energy, as these metronomes show, that there's a, there's a pattern and a rhythm that we can uh, attach ourselves to or not. So, but, but in order to create, we have to loosen our grip on the material. We have to loosen our grip on other people, other people's opinions. We have to abandon our bodies, forget about our problems. You have to become nobody, no thing, and no time, as Dr. Joe Dispenza would say in his meditations. Because there's this field, and you can't enter the field when you think you're somebody, and you think there's time. And you think there's a thing. Because in this state, when you begin to create energy, you begin to create energy. You utilize energy to create destiny. See, we are here to create. We are leading-edge creators. Whether you believe it or not, we are. We are here to create. We are here to love and bless and create and also love the, 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 the unknown parts of ourselves. So that, we, see, if we don't own our shadows, we can't have experiences of, of, of ecstatic love and bliss and joy. Just kind of, because we got to keep it all pushed down. So that's the other part of it. Living in survival means to consume all the energy from the unified field. The body becomes more matter and less energy. And those incoherent messages in the brain begin to create incoherent messages in our bodies. I know several people right now doing cancer. And once again, it's not about blame. It's about a pattern of thinking over time that has helped create that incoherence. And it shows up in our bodies because it's trapped energy. Now I know, and God bless the medical profession. I have a... I have a, a stepson that is in his last year of residency doing urology work, and he's, he's brilliant. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that he's doing this work and helping so many people. But he was also raised in this philosophy. So it's, it's either we're all connected, we're all oneness, and we're all energy, and it's part of this unified field. And what happens for us is that we, as we have life's experiences, because we fall asleep in the dream of separation. See, you and I believe most of the time that we're separate. We're not separate. We are the thing itself. See, but when you tell the ego that, the ego thinks it's God. Then that's where the problems start. That's not it. (laughs) You know, um, Jung divided it into four sections. An ego was one and shadow was on the other end. And there were a couple in the middle. Persona and one other. But he talked about the progression of awareness. So this idea of creator versus survivor. And how can we have practices in our lives because that's what the world-class survivor looks like. You're just hanging on every day. Hang in there, baby. <sighs> or not. So team transformation. We have an opportunity to be part of team transformation. Because I'm, I'm, I am... You know, when I looked out at uh, the world yesterday and I saw, and, and saw what happened in Charlottesville, and then I thought, there's another march coming in Boston. What's this going to look like? You know, and right away, I'm, oh boy. And, and then the police chief got out there, and there was, some, there was a few problems. Did you see that on the news? The police chief came out. And what, he, what did he do? He had a conversation with people. He walked out in the crowd. I don't know if you haven't seen him, but watch. He walked out in the crowd and he, and he started greeting people and shaking hands and hugging people. Because he understood. He, brought, he, he was grounded in the, the idea that we are all one. That, that it's not a battle for us. How can we come together and march for something? 
And wherever ignorance shows up, it's not people are bad and wrong. It's all divine. They're just ignorant. They haven't woken up yet to, the, to a degree. Because once you start waking up, see, uh, Robert Johnson in his beautiful book, Go in Your Shadow, which I thought I brought out here with me, but I didn't. Pardon me? Oh, right there. I left it sitting over there. Thank you. Kelly was reading it. Thank you. <clears throat> but he says in this beautiful little book, and we've ordered copies for everyone, people are, are more readily available to owning the bum that they are than the leading edge creator. What's up with that? It's easy to be a bum, be a failure, not have enough. And you know what? You stand in, in your bumness, you're going to attract people around you that'll, that'll affirm it for you. You're a bum. Oh, thank you so much. I was hoping you'd show up. Where have you been all my life? But see, when we don't own shadow, we play it out in relationships. We can do it in our prayer chair. We can do it in the street. So have you ever noticed anybody? Maybe not you. Of course, it wouldn't be you. But have you noticed people that go from relationship to relationship to relationship? I've known a few. Mickey Rooney did that. I didn't know Mickey, but I watched him because I knew who he was. I mean, he was married like nine times. Hell, he's married the same woman. They just had a different name, different body, same woman. What we do in relationship and we, when we have these unresolved shadow issues is we will find people that have those issues we're missing. That's why we get into these patterns. So if you want to keep having that same relationship over and over and over again, don't do any shadow work because you're tripwired for success there. But I would say if you're interested in, in perhaps a different experience, you may want to look within and say, what is, what is within me or not within me that I haven't taken ownership with that allows me to keep having these experiences and the same, bringing the same people into my life? You want to change your crowd? You change who you are, your beingness. And it's not easy. The shadow work, you're never done. It's ongoing. But see, once you have a, a skill in your, in your toolbox, a possibility, then you can do it anytime. You get triggered, you pull out your, we're going to do the Q process in October. We're ready as a community. We either go big or we go home. Dale out of Sir came in. You know where she is right now? She's out putting flyers out. She said, I love this place. She came to us a couple months ago. She said, I love this place. I want this place packed. I want this, this, there's never been a time in our journey of evolution of consciousness where this teaching has not been more important. There hasn't. And if we can't do our own work around this as a community, then we go do something else. Let's go back to one of those traditions where none of the shadow is ever dealt with. It's all light, it's all good. It is all light, it's all good. But there's also the other part to bring along with us. So team transformation. There's four things that people in team transformation know and understand. One is that they, we are immersed in a unified field of intelligence. The metrodome is an example of that. There's a rhythm, there's an intelligence, there's an inspiration. You either accept that or you don't. In Christianity, it was always about looking up to heaven, to, to the God up there. It was never the personal God. Number two, people start to wake up and see the connection to the pattern and feeling tone of their thinking. People start to understand, Jesus, I'm creating this discord. You know, this, this whole issue around, I've watched it. I've, I'm, I'm going to put a chapter in my book called Healthy Parent, Dysfunctional Parent. So I had an earlier marriage and I had two beautiful children. I just saw them and, and I watched. And, and ha- what we did with those children was we, were made, we did everything we could that they never, had, they never had their feelings hurt. Never had their feelings hurt. Oh, my God. They had their feelings hurt? Oh, my God, we're failing as parents. We'd run around like chickens with our heads cut off for hours. And so what happened is I have two beautiful children that got enabled. They get their feelings hurt. 
and they think that there's, there's something wrong with the world and with them and the people that have hurt their feelings. And so what happens now is we have people on the far, far left that just, it's all love, it's all light. And so we can't have honest conversation. We can't have the other guys on the far right that are angry and pissed off and can't own their shadow. So there's no conversation because if we have a conversation with those guys, our feelings will get hurt. So there's no capacity to have honest conversation. So then I got another family, my second family. And I'm, I'm married to this amazing woman. I'm married to an incredible woman. I, I'm so grateful for this light. She's up there flipping slides for us right now. We're going to figure out one day how we can get a volunteer consistently in the booth. But until we do, she'll just flipping slides. And so I watched her with her two boys. And I, and I watched, you know, this single mom with these two boys. And she didn't do any of that stuff. They got their feelings hurt. She knew they'd be okay. No was no. She'd never enabled them. You need money, go get a job. They always had clothes and food. I mean, they weren't living underneath the freeway pass. But there was a, there was a, a dignity and a, and a knowing and an understanding. And, and, and it made my skin crawl to watch it. Because I was so used to trying to make it so sweet and wonderful that they would never have a, a, their feelings hurt. And this is real close to home for me. These two young guys, they're out in the world now. They are, they're self-sufficient. One's the, doing his last year of residency and at the U of A hospital and is just a brilliant student. And the other one is working for the BC government and this beautiful little apartment. He's got this wonderful job and he's putting graphics together for the, the BC website for child services right now. They keep moving around doing this work. My other two kids... They struggle. They struggle with life. They've been so enabled. God forbid, sweetheart, you, your feelings will get hurt. And it's so paradoxical, isn't it? You would think if we just pour all the love we possibly can into another human being and make sure that they, they're never inconvenienced emotionally, they'll be so much better off. But the reality is you go out in the world, you get your feelings hurt. Anybody here ever had their feelings hurt? I've had my feelings hurt a dozen times already, and it's only 10.45 this morning. I mean, don't get your feelings hurt. Go out, and, go out in traffic and get cut off by somebody. Your feelings get hurt. It's crazy. So, but when we can stand and go, wow, look at that. My feelings got hurt. What's that all about? Then you don't have to chase them down the street. You get to go, wow, I got triggered there. What's up with that? I mean, this is what the Dalai Lama does. We are all Dalai Lamas. This is what Jesus did. You know, Jesus said, give, to, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar when they you know, ask him about the coins, you know, and the taxes. Hey, give him, what is, yeah, give him what's his. That's the system. He set it up. He wasn't there to burn down the system. You don't have to, have to burn down anything to live a life of dignity and joy and beauty. So people start to wake up, see the connection of their, their feelings and their emotions. And then they start to ask powerful questions like, what would it be? What would it feel like for me not to get triggered all the time once we're doing this work? What would, it, what would a successful person look like? What great people in history are my inspiration? Carl Jung, for me, is an inspiration. He believed in wholeness. He believed in the numinous experience, which was the spiritual experience. And he said, you cannot have the fullness of that until you've integrated your shadow. Makes sense to me. Because I'll tell you what, the way we've been doing it for the last... 2,000 years ain't working. It just ain't. 
I don't want to see him. For me, I, I, my tendency is I, I start to get angry when I watch these people act so stupid and hurt one another. I do. Then I got to settle down. I got to get away from all you guys. I got to go for a walk. I cleaned the garage the other day for two hours. That was my spiritual practice to drain the energy. If we don't have meaningful ways to drain this trapped energy, we become just like those maniacs, those people that are asleep. And I refuse to live like that. When, when someone projects on me and I, know, and I haven't done my work, man, it's a battle. So what I do now, I'm, I, I just ordered it. I ordered one of those bullfighter capes. And so I, I have a mirror and I just stand there like that. And then I practice going like that so I can go right on by. We should have a small group, the bullfighter cape group. We'll get in here, we get the chairs on the sides and we just right on by. I mean, we have eternity to do this. There is nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear but to show up in wisdom. I mean, I want wisdom for you because I want wisdom for me. And I watch the pettiness and the unresolved issues that go on in the world, in my own life. And I want to be able to stand in it and be able to look people in the eye and not take me off this. What I know to be true about myself is that I am, I am standing on the shoulder of a giant in consciousness. And there is so much love here because I've done the work. Because I just grew, I don't want to suffer anymore. And I refuse to suffer. And when I find myself suffering, I bring myself back to the truth of my being, to the practices that work for me. Not because I'm trying to be better than anybody, not from an egoic nature, but because I know I want to serve. And I want to serve well. And I want to have clean boundaries. And I want to have honest conversations that are timely with people. Enough's enough. We go big or we go home, gang. We're here for a reason. We're not here by accident. And if you live in victim consciousness, please stop it. You are not a victim. I refuse to see you as a victim. You are magnificent and powerful, creative and wonderful. That's a conversation that I want to be in. And that stretches me. That forces me to bring the best. So what do we do for that? We bring our best every day. Just bring your best. You know what your best is. None of my business. Bring your best. I trust your best. So to become, start asking those meaningful questions. What would, my, my, what would a happy life feel like? What would I have to change about myself in order to be a different person? You know, Thomas Merton said that if, if, if the you of who you are today can't look back at the you that you were five years ago and, and call that you a, a heretic, you haven't done any work at all. Isn't that wonderful? This isn't about maintaining the status quo of consciousness. This is about the ever ongoing unfolding and revelation of the divine presence that we are. I'm just so grateful. I've been working with this material. I just, I, you know, I got like 50 pages of this stuff. I told Laura this morning, I'm, tip, I said, I'm trying to sort this all out, but I'm trying, I want I, you know, to bring some ideas that, that, that are concise and simple that you can take with you. Because the brilliance that you are knows, you know this stuff. I'm just reminding you. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But it's important. We all need the reminders. And I'm so grateful for these reminders. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to be a spokesperson for what I think is going on here on the planet. And change is coming. Change is coming. But that's the nature of all of it. And we get to help midwife that change on team transformation. People on team transformation find practices that allow them to that they lose track of time and space through their meditation practice. 
through five minutes of a, a you, you know, you sit down for a meditation we had it the other day. We were in here Saturday morning to our, our uh, Blessing the Energy Center's meditation. It was beautiful. Sit down, it's a 42-minute meditation. It felt like five minutes because you were immersed in the mystery. All time and space stops. Then you know you're in the unified field. This is all the great people that have changed the planet have done. Do you think Martin Luther King could have walked the walk and talked the talk he did if he was so attached to the material? Or Gandhi? I mean, we used to have all the banners on the wall here. We took them down because now we're ready to live it ourselves. You are the banner. We're going to hang a few people up on the wall every week from now on. Then. Big hooks. We'll put a harness on your back. Any volunteers right now? Awesome. There we go. Yeah, there's our saints. There's our heroes right now. These are our saints. The last piece that I want to share with you today is this idea of paradox. How do we incorporate the shadow? How do we stop falling asleep in duality? You see, we have to have both. Light would mean nothing without darkness. Make sense? We don't know what darkness is. We don't appreciate the light. Masculine without feminine. Care would mean nothing without having been betrayed and abandoned. To suffer means to allow, and in this sense, one suffers the mystery of duality. Creativity always causes destruction. Let me show you destruction right now. I destroy the silence with my voice. We're always destroying so we can create. It's simple. But see, when we have a perspective on it, we can understand it. But it's both and. It's not either or. It's yes and no, embracing the paradox. To transform opposition into paradox is to allow both sides of an issue, both pairs of opposites, to exist in equal dignity and worth. It is good to win and it is good to lose. Despite what Donald Trump will tell us. He insists on being a winner. Isn't it interesting, the more he insists on being a winner, how much of a loser he really is? And I say that with great love. I got room for Donald in my heart, I'm telling you. Because that guy needs a lot of love and a lot of consciousness. That guy has got both feet planted in victim consciousness, I'm telling you. Freedom is good and so is the acceptance of authority. To view the elements of our life in this paradoxical manner is to open up a whole new series of possibilities. Integrating the shadow is a lifelong process. But it doesn't mean it's oppressive. It just means it's a tool we use so we can be effective and creative and powerful and beautiful. Because see, that's what I want to be able to do, sit down with my granddaughter and have these conversations from that consciousness. And so when she comes in and she's blaming and shaming, to be able to not add to that draining energy but to say sweetheart this is how life works you're going to have your heart broken you're going to have people lie to you you're going to have people steal stuff you know that's why I went off here on my, my little thing and I took my thing and I'm still missing my little donger <laughs> Simrit's crew took it I know who's got it those dirty rotten thieves anyway but those things happen we got all the humanity here but how can we have those conversations how can we include all of it and make space for all of it because it is in the middle Thomas Johnson in this book, Owning Your Shadow, and I tried to find a teeter-totter of a guy standing on it, but I couldn't find one to show you, but it's about being in the middle. It's about holding both opposites and realizing it's all God, and it's all perfect, and I get an opportunity, my dominion, my opportunity is to choose in this moment how I'm going to be.
I don't have any influence over Donald Trump. He's going to keep playing out his unhealed stuff. But I do have control over my reaction to it. And every time I see it, every time I see another act of senseless violence and this acting out of this trapped energy, it brings me to some anger and then I've got to work myself to compassion because it is just simply people that are so scared, don't know where to go, don't know where to look, don't know where they can find some relief from this horrific thing that we call life. And they, we have, the beautiful thing about life is we have a choice to choose that at any point in time. But I'm here to tell you that there's another choice. We are leading edge creators. We can be members of team transformation and we can understand the paradox of life in wisdom and clarity. And the best way we traction that and give that activity and power in our lives is to, to work it daily with ourselves. When we find ourselves getting triggered, what's getting triggered here? Oh, where did that come from? That's our opportunity. Then our triggers are our treasure, our opportunities. And our projections are our treasure. And when people are projecting on us, it's like, wow, look at that. I wonder where that comes from. And we don't have to fight back because it's got nothing to do with us. It doesn't. So we live in a world of more than enough or not enough. We live in a world of us against them or oneness. We get to choose. And it's not choosing one time. It's choosing over and over and over again because it's a way of life. And the world will keep tempting us not to love people, not to love things. That's the temptation that we face. But when we bring awareness and consciousness to it, Dr. Holmes said this. I've got one last slide with Dr. Holmes' quote on it. The unconscious mental reaction must be redirected for it is this subjective side of the individual which at all times reflects itself into the universal creative law because if we don't do it, gang, we're adding to the problem. And what this universal law always says yes to is whatever we give to it. And what we give to it more so than our thoughts is our way of being. And where we're living in anger and aggression and hate and frustration and greed and envy and lust, we're just pouring more of that into this creative field of possibility that always responds to our divine nature. So think about that next time you start getting triggered and stop yourself. Having the awareness that you're triggered is powerful. Don't let it be uncomfortable for you. Celebrate it. Oh, look at this. Look at the awareness that's coming along. I am so pissed off right now. This is awesome. Now I get to manage it and handle it and find new ways to deal with. This is beautiful. This is waking up. You're beautiful. Thank you so much. Blessings. See you next week. Hey, buddy.